Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. Football's regular season came to a close this past Friday night, and the playoffs are upon us. With that, the winter sports seasons will be here before you know it. On this episode, I visit with a basketball coach that always has his team prepared not only for the regular season, but deep runs in the playoffs. Here's my conversation with Duke Tiger boys basketball coach, Nick Gable. All right, Coach, thanks for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule. I know basketball is about to start ramping up here. Uh, thanks for visiting with me a little bit. Absolutely. Glad to help. Now, you've had a lot of success at Duke. What do you attribute that to? Uh, what, good players. <laughs> um, wow. No, it's, uh, you know, we've been blessed with a lot of talent, but um, – I think as importantly as the talent is, uh, the parents that we've had, that we had, have had, and continue to have here, uh, really get behind basketball. Um, they get these kids involved young, start taking them to travel ball tournaments, and it makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, man, to your defense, you've every team I've seen you coach, they've they've been solid to good so i mean there's you got a little bit of say in that too well i appreciate it <laughs> now what's this upcoming season looking like for the tigers uh we should be pretty pretty good um we we graduated one senior two seniors but one starter um and and the miranda kid was a good starter for us he was a role player we returned our top three scores and then we've got a freshman class um that honestly is probably as good a class as I've ever had outside of the the 2020 group. Wow. That's saying a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It helps adding those five freshmen. Yeah. Now you were at a, a, you're at big pasture school, uh, similar to Duke in that they don't have football. Do you think that that's kind of an advantage for, for a school that can, so you can start basketball sooner? I've always kind of heard that debate. Like, you know, you look at the state tournament and, they're all fall spring baseball schools, but I mean, yeah, it, I, you know, I was, I was a big pasture nine chatty two, And then this is year number six at Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're in a and B, uh, I do feel like it, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. I'll say in B it, it's more of an advantage mm-hmm. just cause there's not, there's not a lot of football schools, but you know, you get into a, you get, you get your Velma, you get your Seedlings, your Laverne's, Garbers, um, yeah. you know, the surreal. Uh, so I think it used to be a bigger advantage than it really is now. Um, uh, I really don't, I don't know now that it is as much as I'll say 10 years ago. I think it was a huge advantage and I, and I, I couldn't pinpoint why I think that changed. Um, but I feel like it has kind of flipped. Yeah. And you know, and I was, as I asked that question, as you're answering, I'm kind of thinking, you know, I think kids probably play more basketball now than they did just at, at any level, you know, it's almost, and it's almost like coaches of different sports have kind of gotten together and been like, Hey, you know, it's okay for you to play basketball, during the summer as long as you're here for workouts for football or whatever the, your next sport's going to be. So, yes, and in a small school, you, you've really got to have that. You know, Duke had football mm-hmm. for, I don't get me lying on the exact time frame, but I'm going to say about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of, I guess the the year before I got here, they had, it was the last year they had it, they had it in junior high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, 
they didn't have the numbers. Um, the kids weren't as into it, and it just it just didn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love football. But I I mean I absolutely love football. But I do I like coaching at a I like coaching at a fall baseball school. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now I saw a crazy stat, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the past two seasons. You've only lost like nine games overall, and haven't lost a home game. Is... Um, yeah, the uh, the home streak actually goes back uh, a year before I got here, so six years. Wow. Um, the the they haven't lost a game here at Duke, um, and then. Holy cow! Let's see. Yeah, uh, it would be, I guess, yeah, nine games the last two years. Um, so we went. Four, or no, one, four, four. Uh, it's something like that. Yeah, it's nine the last two, but yeah. <laughs> Man, that's great. I didn't realize that about the si- over six seasons of not losing a game at home. Is that something that uh, the kids kind of take pride in? I mean, do they defend home, like, probably a little bit more fierce than others yes, would? and, I mean, I mean, it's, we talk about it. It's not a lot, you know, a lot of people like, you know, we don't talk about the state term. We don't talk about it. No, we talk about it. You know, we're... Mm-hmm. It's not like every game we're going into it like, hey, you know, the streak is on the line, but it's, you know, we're going to protect our house. Uh, and our community is great. Just like not different than a lot of small towns. Um, but mm-hmm. it, our gym is packed. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, it gets loud. It's definitely a home court advantage. And there's been, I mean, just since I've been here, we had a overtime game with Hammond in 2020. Mm. Uh, we had a two-point win versus Navajo in 19. Mm. Um, in 2022, uh, one of our state tournament years, we actually almost got beat by Tipton in the first round of districts. We were down wow. uh, seven with 30 seconds left in the third quarter and and eventually came back and won that game. So, I mean, there's there's been some some nail biters, but <laughs> we've been able to hang on. Yeah, well, and I bet the – Kids don't want to be a part of the team that lost one. You know? No, and, and you know, just like every streak, eventually it's going to come to an end. And, and you know, we know that, or I know that. I don't know if the kids do. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, their thinking is that you know it's not going to be on my watch, and and I hope they're right. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, we just just keep plugging away, doing things the way we do, and hope that it, it continues. Yeah. Now, man, I, I thought for a long time that the good teams are the ones that. Look like they're playing a pickup game, even though they're running an organized offense. I mean, and that's something. Every time I've seen seen one of your teams, I remember when we first got to Velma, we're over at the at Cash, and I'm watching you guys. I'm like, man, I know it's organized, but it looks just like they're just playing pickup ball. Organized chaos. Yeah. Well, I mean, y'all make it uh, just good teams to make the game look effortless. How do you kind of get your guys to that point? Uh, we we stress effort and. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I think one of the things that I'm probably best at as a coach is I'm aware of what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm really good at getting kids to go hard mm-hmm. uh, and getting them to just sell out and believe that they can beat everybody. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not I'm not the best X's and O's guy, um, mm-hmm. but I know that there. I I feel there's very very rarely been a game that my guys got out hustled. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we we emphasize that in practice. If we're not going hard, then we line up and run. And, mm-hmm. um, 
it's just it, it, it's I think it's you know what you emphasize I mean, uh, it, it's what you get so mm-hmm. no man effort and hustle gets you a long way and it does you... and, and that's what we talk about is you know we've had, I've had big teams I've had small teams but you know when you've got those small teams or with the big teams we always talk about we got to make it seem like there's 10 guys on the floor like every time they turn around yeah we we and, and I've ran the, the one three one trap for Ever. Oh man, <laughs> uh, thirteen of the last sixteen years. Yeah. So I mean, it's and if you're gonna run that, that you you better be flying. Yeah. Or it's. Yep. No room for slackers in that. Because no. I mean, you know, on the outside looking in, it's like you know it should be easy to pick it apart, but it's not if you're hustling and working your butt off, which like yeah. you said. Yeah. It's it and and don't get me wrong there's been games where we you know it, it's gotten exposed mm-hmm. uh and if you're not flying it will mm-hmm. um which is why we and that's the thing we we practice the one three one maybe once a week everything mm-hmm. else we do is man to man yeah um mm-hmm. because all your all your man principles are if you can run man you can play a zone yeah so everything we do is man to man and so we can we can we can adjust, and, and in 2020 we, we we ran man. Um, the two years I was at Chattanooga, that first year I was there, I tried to put the one three one in. And those kids just did not get it. But you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about a program that was coached by Jerry Brown for 21 years. Well, yeah, those kids could really lock up man, and and I became a better man to man coach those two years I was there because I'd go in and and Jerry was wonderful to work for. Um, mm-hmm. He almost. He, he was too guarded. Like he, he never wanted to step on your toes. So I would just go in and just pick his mind on, on what he did, what his drills were. And then I had a kid named Toby Denny, um, who, in my opinion, is the the most dominant high school player I've coached. Mm. Uh, that I had those two years at Chatty that had played for Jerry and and Toby just had one of those minds where he remembered everything. So yeah. you know, I could be like, hey, what's a good drill for this that Jerry would do, and and mm-hmm. he would have it. Yeah. So that that helped a lot on improving myself as a coach there yeah. those two years. Yeah, I mean having people like that's important, you know. Oh and, gosh, yes. And and you yourself, I mean, just as a coach, just being humble enough to be like, hey, I don't know everything, you know, to help me out here, you know, that's a big thing too. Well, yeah, I'm definitely that guy. <laughs> I love to talk to the, you know, the, which I guess I'm becoming an old hat, but you know. Uh, <laughs> When I first got in, um, of course, my mentor was Dwayne Bradley, and I was on staff there that first year at Chickasha with Dwayne and Brian Merritt. And so I got those two guys in my corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Anadarko, Chickasha, and so I got to know Doug Shumpert. And, mm-hmm. man, I, I love to pick. The, in my opinion, um, and again, it's just my own opinion, I don't think there's a better coach than Coach Shumpert. No, I'd agree um, with that. And so I just, uh, you know, I really enjoy, I'd sit down and talk with him and I got to know Donnie husband really well and sit down and pick his brain. And then I've been fortunate to work with some good coaches. I worked with uh, Donna Dilks at Big Pasture who coached their girls basketball mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. almost 30 years. Great coach. And uh, my superintendent there was Nat Lunn who won a state championship coaching basketball in Texas. And then I got to go with Jerry Brown and then when I came here Rick Wilson um, mm-hmm. I mean I've been around so I've been fortunate and blessed to be around some uh, really good coaches yeah man you know and I met Coach Shumpert the first time this past summer 
And I, I knew I knew the name, but I didn't know I, I didn't have a face with the name. And you would have never known that this guy is, you know, winning his coach in Oklahoma in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's just as humble and just as nice as can be. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Now, you kind of talk about the people that kind of had an impact on you uh, coaching. What was it that kind of made you decide to become a coach in the first place? Well, my dad was a coach okay. um, and a principal, and so. You know, uh, my mom was a teacher and principal, and mm -hmm. so they they both tried to tell me don't don't go into education, go do something you can make more money. Um, <laughs> and and for that part, I do wish I would have listened. Mm -hmm. However, uh, I watched my parents and how they loved their jobs, mm -hmm. and and so I thought you know that that's what I want to do. And in fact, I went to Midwestern State um, and was going to be an accountant. Um, and, and I did that for a year and I was like, you know, that this isn't what I want to do. So I transferred up to Southwestern and, uh, I do not regret my decision. I, I love coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what else I would do or could do for that matter. Um, and so it just, I, I'm glad I followed my heart there. Um, and like I said, you know, I watched my parents love what they were doing. And I, I mean, I, I want to do that. So there's something to be said for that. I'm, I'm never going to be rich in the ways of money, but oh, yeah. uh, I, I do feel blessed. Yeah, man. And yeah, and that's if it's in your blood, I think I've said this a million times on on different interviews. If it's in your blood, if you try to get out of it like I did going into the oil field, there wasn't a day that went by. I was like, man, I wish I was coaching. I wish I was still teaching. So if it's in your blood, you better go do it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now talk kind of shifting gears a little bit. Talk a little bit about that championship run you had a couple of years ago. How special was that journey? Uh, man, it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, and I think everybody probably says the same things, but I wish I had it to do over uh, knowing the end result. Does that make you know? Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Because it was the most stressful season I've ever had. You know, we went at the state tournament the year before with a more talented team. We had seven, yeah, no, I'm sorry. We had 6,000 point scores. Wow. And one of those guys was a 2,000 point score on a 2019 squad. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and we're, we go in undefeated and we get upset by Peyton. Mm -hmm. um, and um, man, that next year we're, we're ranked one the whole year. Uh, it just kind of, we almost missed the state tournament. Um, we lost to Varnum in the area championship, and then the next night we're down 14 at half to Big Pasture. Mm. Uh, have to rally, um, which I, I honestly think that that's why we were able to win is because we just kind of relaxed mm -hmm. uh, until the state championship game, and then we got a big lead and kind of buttholes tightened up again, and yeah. it just kind of. But you know, it, it was. You know, I've, I've often thought if that was a week before the world shut down, the, you know, I thought, mm -hmm. man, I wish we'd have got that chance to spend more time together. But I don't um, in no way, shape or form am I ever going to complain because we were able to get ours in when other people didn't get that shot. So, it, you know, it was a it was a fun run. Um, I tell people all the time I, I was just the best bus driver in the state that year because <laughs> that group was so talented and so fun to coach. Um, yeah. Yeah. A great team. Now you kind of mentioned that about about COVID. Did that? I mean, it everything shut down at, right after that, like the week after. Yeah, we uh, we won the state championship on Saturday. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, 
superintendent had called. We got we had the ring guy there on like Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, and we went into spring break. You know, they they canceled the state tournament mm-hmm. that later that week, and we went into spring break and never came back uh, oh, until the next year. So uh, it was a, uh, you know, we, we got we got to pick our rings out. We got them ordered. Um, everybody was excited. We got, you know, and then it just it shut down. And then you, you couldn't get together. Um, yeah, I bet that was tough. It, it was. Um, but like I said, I, I think that one thing I'll say about that 2020 group is they were, ext- you know, we had nine seniors. Mm-hmm. They were really mature. Uh, and I think they they understood the uh, the fact that man at least we got ours in yeah it's things mm-hmm. that we're not getting to spend all that time together but we got ours in so oh yeah yeah it's better to have won it than not than than not have won it for sure yeah yeah so. now do you think that uh, high school basketball in Oklahoma is in a good place yes I do. Um, do I think it could be better? I, I always, anything could be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know this, I've been coaching, uh, this is my 18th year as a head coach, 19th year. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's, I feel like it's harder to win now. I think that the, I don't necessarily think that the top end of coaching has gotten necessarily better but i think everybody else has to and for better or worse you can be lazy and get all the information that a lot of us had to work really hard to get when we were younger that's true uh because because you know we've got you've got huddle and you've got youtube any drill you want you can get out there and you can get on youtube and it's there Mm -hmm. uh to trade film it's it's a click away you know when i first got into it if you if you wanted something, you were buying um, championship DVDs, or you had to go to every <laughs> clinic, um, yeah. and you had to, you know, you every you, Saturday night, you know where you're going or who you're playing. You're driving, uh, hoping that they'll meet you halfway mm-hmm. to go trade film with somebody, uh, and yeah. hoping that that person used a DVD player. I mean, it was just <laughs> so. So mm-hmm. I think that the coaching has gotten better because of that. Mm-hmm. on average um it's funny though you know i go to coaches clinics and i still see the same coaches in those rooms that are at the state tournament so i still think that you know the, the people that are doing the work are, are reaping the rewards i truly believe that yeah. um <clears throat> i'd agree with so that. but uh it's but yeah i mean with the travel basketball uh, i think as far as talent-wise, everything across the board, across the United States is, you know, travel's not a big thing anymore, so everybody's seeing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so the talent is, is going up. Um, yeah, I really do. I think Oklahoma's in a really good spot. Okay. Now, before I get to the big three questions, what what's something that you know now as an experienced coach that you wish you would have known earlier in your career? Uh how important family time is. Amen. <laughs> I'd agree with I that. I mean, I, I truly, uh, I thank God every day that, that my wife didn't leave me when we, when I first got started in this <laughs> because uh, I was so focused on building a career that when my two boys were young, 
Uh, I mean, she was a single mother during basketball, not not yeah. just as a statement. She was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so luckily she did a phenomenal job raising them and and she stuck it out because I'm telling you, it, it's yeah, I wish I would have uh, prioritized that a little more early. I think we all do, you know, as we get older and we kind of look back at it, we're like, man, we didn't marry a good woman because, <laughs> like you said, probably should have left us a long time ago. That's a fact. Now you kind of touched on it before I get to the big three questions uh, about your your two sons. Now I know you got a daughter too, but like, what has that been like so far coaching your boys? Uh, for me, it's great. They they may feel different. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, Brayden uh, Brayden will be a sophomore this year, and Nathan will be a freshman. Um, and they're you know they grew up in the gym. Um, and, and I, I was always big on, I'm not going to force my kids to play anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they, if they want to play, that's fine. If they want me to help them, I'll help them. But I wasn't gonna, I didn't want to make them play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, naturally they gravitated to basketball. Um, you spend so much time in the gym. I think it's, it's almost impossible. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I really, truly, and I, I, you know, Zach Gibson that, that was at Indiahoma, he's mm-hmm. out of coach now, and Trevor Smith at Washington now, but I coached him at Big Passion. He coached at Big Passion. Those are two people I talk to a lot. Um, and I'll tell them, you know, coaching my boys is the most exciting thing I, I've ever done. It really, truly is. It's just to get to have them on the team, um, to coach them, to get to see them every day, to get to spend that time, because like I said, I – I feel like I'm getting to make up for some of the time that I probably didn't take advantage of when they were younger. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. No, I hear you. All right, now before I let you go, I've got three kind of off-the-wall questions for you. All righty. What is something people would be surprised to hear that Nick Gable is bad at? Um, I, what, what I am bad at, man, and I, it's not hard. It's just narrowing it down. Um <laughs> Uh, shoot. You know, um, <laughs> X's and O's, I'll say that. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I'm competent, but I'm not, I'm not anywhere near the level I would like to be. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I always kind of thought those X's and O's, that stuff's kind of overrated at some time. Well, you know, every once in a while, you need... appreciate the Jimmys and Joes, because uh, let's be honest, those are the ones that, that really win it for you. Yeah, you can have the the same thing the Golden State Warriors have drawn up and you don't have the kids to execute it. don't matter. You know? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> All right, number two, if you could visit with any athlete or coach to pick their brain, past or present, who would it be? Any athlete or coach, past or present. You know, probably John Wooden. That's a good one. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to sit and just... And the game has changed so much, but then again, the game never does really change. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still putting the ball in the hoop. Yep. Um, I'd love to sit and just talk with him about it. Yeah. And if not him, it'd probably be Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle. Just because I okay. feel like he'd have some great stories. Probably, yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. And the last one, you go to the local Duke Pizzeria, and on the menu is the Nick Gable Pizza. What's on it? Oh, it's a meat lovers. Meat lovers, there you go. No doubt about it, yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, man, I'm, uh, thanks for doing this and, you know, enjoyed visiting with you and, and good luck to you guys this upcoming season. Hey, absolutely. 
absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, good luck to you guys, too. And tell Coach Bear I said hi, and hopefully we'll see you guys down the road somewhere. Thanks again to Coach Gable for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. And every Wednesday at 3.30, check out Not So Instant Replay exclusively on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page. Check out the Kenny and the Coaches official website in the description. And if you're on X, just search at Kenny Coaches. And don't forget, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time. This episode was recorded on October 4th.